Hello, my name is Tom Boone. And I'm Joanna Bailey. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we've got for you this week. Coming up today, Tom will tell us how you could own an Air France A380, and I'll see who was first to fly the newly ungrounded 737 MAX with passengers on board. I'll look into Aer Lingus's plans for flights between the UK and the USA, and we'll see whether Brexit will be an issue for aviation. British Airways takes its final 747 on its very last flight. Tom will tell us all about that. And then to finish off, I'll tell you about a new crazy regulation for cabin crew in China. So now you know what's in store, let's get on with the show. So Tom, tell me, how can I own an Air France A380? I'm not sure where I'd park it, mine. But uh. Yeah, no, I was um, actually chatting with a couple of friends and seeing whether we should um, launch the Super Jumbo Stay in Frankfurt Airport. <laughs> um, but no, um, what I found quite interesting this week was um, our colleague Chris was just browsing the internet and somehow came across this website called myairtrade.com. Um, which at first I was like, uh, but, um, you know, I'd done some digging and it does look pretty legit. You know, the contacts listed match up with, um, people at the relevant companies and whatnot. Um, so I think it is, um, quite legit. Um, but they have five A380s listed on their website right now. Um, wow. obviously the first one I'm just going to quickly say is high flies, which we know is retiring soon. Um, that's being listed for ACME, which means Aircraft Crew Maintenance and Insurance, which is essentially what they're already doing with the aircraft. Um, but that was listed after they announced they were retiring the aircraft. So it's kind of interesting to see whether maybe that's like a last push to get people to use it or... Um, Does it have prices? Knows? How much is it for an no. A380 to fly me on holiday? <laughs> I think it's <laughs> no one of prices. those things where if you have to ask the price, you can't afford it. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but um, what was really interesting was that there were these four other A380s, which were the four Air France A380s owned by the Dr. Peters Group. Uh-huh. Um, so there's um, Foxtrot Hotel, Papa, Juliet Echo, um, Juliet Golf, Juliet, Juliet, and Juliet Delta. Um, <laughs> Lots <yeah>. of Juliets. <laughs> Where's all <Yeah>. the Romeos? <laughs> well, <laughs> they didn't get an, uh, enough to have a Juliet Romeo, unfortunately. Um, but while uh, Juliet Delta, the oldest of the four, uh, is available immediately, the others won't be available until February, March, and April. Um, oh, I'll have but, to wait for mine then. Yeah, I know. Each of them actually does come with a C-check, um, a new C-check. So, um, I mean, the, the company clearly believes that they can sell these aircraft, which is, uh, to they're, they're listed as uh, for sale or for an operating lease, um, where mm. Dr. Peters would still own them, but um, the airline would uh, run them. And I just think it's... You, like we've chatted between ourselves many times about how the A380 secondhand market is not dead. It never existed, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with the exception of Highfly, no one wants them. Um, no. Well, I mean, Highfly doesn't they even don't want, want one anymore. So. No, exactly. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. I do hope that they see a buyer, but um, I do worry that they won't. You know. Um, just no, given, I think you're right there. <laughs> given everything, um, but. You know, I would love to see them find like a new life as a hotel, maybe like the giant, the jumbo stay in Stockholm. You know, I would love to just stay in the engine Absolutely. for a night. Yeah, I was definitely. thinking, you know, like 
Um, you could put a bunch of uh, those first class suites that you wrote about the other day with the um, toilets included, you know, just pop, yeah. pop a bunch of them in there, you know, that's hotels yeah, really made. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to stay in one. And uh, mm. we're, we're actually looking at going to the Jumbo Stay in Stockholm, oh, yeah. um, may, maybe for uh, my birthday next year. So I'm, I'm really hoping that that comes off and we're able to travel by then. But mm. uh, but yeah, I, I mean, think it's not, an untapped market, got... this uh, not using aircraft as, as things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems I mean, a shame that uh, nobody's thinking outside the box. If you can't go to Jumbo Stay, you've always got the Etihad A320 in um, Cotswolds. Yeah, it doesn't seem quite the same, though. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of half buried. Yeah. Um, but I also saw just randomly a, a really good TV programme about making a garden shed out of a slice of fuselage. Okay. So you sort of take a, take a slice, take the top half and just hmm. like a wedge of it and then put glass across the front and a wall across the back. And you've got like an amazing garden room. And okay. uh, there's a company that actually makes these, but they're like tens of thousands of dollars. So I'm just hoping to maybe make friends with a dismantler one day and yeah. go, can I just have that bit there? <laughs> <laughs> when I win the Euro Millions. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. I'll keep trying. Yeah. Oh, so there you go. If uh, if you want to buy your own A380, do visit that website and let us know if you're going to set up a hotel. That'd yeah. be fab. <laughs> we would love to review it for the website. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So the big news last week, the Max is back in the air. Now, of course, uh, (laughs) (laughs) so um, there was kind of a bit of a race going on. I don't know why, but there was a bit of a a race Hmm. to see which airline was going to be the first to fly it. Um, And the first airline to fly it was the Brazilian airline Gol. Hmm. Um, So they first flew it on December the 8th. Um, when the Max 8 registered, I'm not going to do all the, uh, the phonetics like you do, Tom, because you're far too good <laughs> at it. <laughs> but registered PRXMB, <laughs> departed Sao Paulo at 8.40 in the morning to hmm. fly to Porto Alegre. I've probably butchered those names, but never mind, as you'd say, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it landed safely, we're pleased to say, at 10 a.m. Hmm. local time. We don't know about the load factors, um, but uh, but yeah, so it was. it's taken the crown as the first airline to fly the type Mm. so this was the first significant flight the aircraft had had that particular aircraft since march the 12th 2019 when it had a ferry flight down to belo horizonte um and this is where goal was storing i think most of its max aircraft actually um and it seems the airline kind of anticipated brazil's official ungrounding of the max which happened on november the 26th because Mm. from the 23rd it was doing lots of kind of flights to nowhere just taking off from belo horizonte and and flying around and going back again. Um, I guess, you know, maintenance checks and things like that to make sure it was 100% ready to go. Um, and it was finally positioned to Sao Paulo on December the 4th ahead of this first flight. So hmm. since then, it's been really busy, actually. There's multiple daily flights around Brazil. Obviously, international borders are still very restricted out of Brazil. So it is just flying domestically at the moment. But uh, I checked flight radar this morning. It's been to Rio, Florianopolis, Brasilia, Porto Alegre, all from its base at Sao Paulo. Hmm. Um, and two more of the 737 MAX have also been reactivated for goals. So... There's PR, XMA and XMC. 
Um, and the, one of them started flying on the 9th of December and the other on the 10th. Um, so of the rest of Gull's fleet, XMD seems to have already positioned to Rio just this morning, hmm. uh, which I would say is ahead of flights starting this week. XME yeah. is doing some flights to nowhere down at Belo Horizonte. So I reckon that one's coming pretty soon, uh, which leaves it with just XMF and XMG, which are still very much parked and haven't done anything really for the 18 hmm. months, uh, since the 18 months of the grounding. So exciting times. And that's, you know, most of their fleet activated and lots of opportunities for passengers to try out the Max, which is ex- exciting. Mm. Um, but they are going to be joined um, just in about a week's time by Aero Mexico, who is looking to be the second airline to operate passenger flights. So they have a single aircraft scheduled for eight flights over two days, beginning on December the 21st. Mm. Um, so and if all goes well, they've got a, a few more as well in their fleet, then they hopefully will be reactivating a few more. And then finally, we will see American Airlines as the first US carrier to launch the MAX again. Um, They have a Miami to LaGuardia scheduled with the MAX for the first time since the ungrounding on December 29th. Mm. Um, After that, we'll see United in quarter one, 2021. Southwest, as we've said before, they're not really in a hurry. Mm. (laughs) They're they're quite all right with their NGs for the time being. But probably by quarter two, we'll see Southwest. And of course, here in Europe, we are still waiting for EASA to give the green light. Um, Ryanair's been talking up a storm about their game-changer aircraft, um, which obviously will require a slight little extra certification because of the uh, extra door and the the, uh, larger capacity. But overall... um, it's all kind of all systems go for Boeing and for the Max. So really quite a happy note to finish the year on, maybe. Yeah, I'd agree, you know, and I mean, I can't wait to see more flying. You know, as I've said before, I would jump on it. I know you think go crazy. Um, (laughs) Well, I guess I would if it was the only aircraft scheduled. But, um, you know, from my local airport, it's normally EasyJet. They're on all Airbus airlines. So it's Mm. likely to be some time before I have to make that call. Exactly. So you um, sort of mentioned these US carriers are keen to return the 737 MAX to service, but I actually wanted to talk about um, a European carrier that wants to launch new US flights, and that is Aer Lingus. Um, and what I love about these airlines is, you know, they they launch, they have these ideas and they always try and keep them a little bit quiet, you know, um, not saying exactly their plans, but um, it does all come out when they make a Department of Transport filing, as Aer Lingus did, because they have to put all of the details in this publicly accessible document for it to be um, approved. Um, So, what was really interesting was, um, I think Friday last week, uh, Aer Lingus issued their DOT filing to um, launch flights from Manchester to three or four US destinations. and this was really interesting because it, inside this document, it didn't just say, look, we're going to fly from Manchester to here, here and here. Um, it also had details of how they're applying for an air operator certificate from the UK CAA uh, for a new subsidiary called Aer Lingus UK Limited. Mm. Um, so you can't keep a secret in aviation with yeah, our exactly. eagle eyes around, can you? <laughs> exactly. And um, the application even um, mentions that two uh, two of the airlines, A330-300s, uh, Echo India, Echo Delta Yankee, and uh, Echo Lima Alpha, um, they're going to be re-registered in the UK. So they're going to have golf call sign, uh, golf registration numbers, and they're no longer going to be Irish. But of course, this the, the 
it, it's going to be a sort of weird, interesting European relationship because it's going to be an English subsidiary owned by an Irish airline that itself is owned by a Spanish entity that is IAG. Um, but what was really interesting as well is that they mentioned that they are going to be doing this directly competing with Virgin Atlantic. So currently, Virgin Atlantic has a monopoly on um, flights to um, New York and Orlando. They don't fly to Boston, mm -hmm. so there's no competition there. Um, and Aer Lingus put in its filing that it reckons Virgin Atlantic will account for 70% of peak summer capacity from the United States uh, to the United States from Manchester because um, obviously they had quite a lot of competition from Thomas Cook before, um, mm -hmm. but then Thomas Cook um, went yeah, belly obviously. up. Um, <laughs> but I mean, if, you, if you've if you had Thomas Cook operating there for years and Virgin Atlantic operating there, it, it shows that there is demand. Um, oh, absolutely. And it's not been replaced since Thomas Cook pulled yeah. out. So I think it's a very smart move, really. Mm. Uh, it's just Ellingus. interesting. What, what was interesting was that they've also applied for permission to put the BA number on. So these flights will be operated with EI, which is um, the Aer Lingus call sign, um, mm -hmm. but also with the BA code. So um, you could they do this with a lot of their flights because they're sister airlines, um, especially on London to Ireland, for example. You know, you could book a, mm -hmm. a BA flight on an Aer Lingus aircraft. Um, and the flight has both a BA flight number and an Aer Lingus one, which is what they want to do. But it, it also shows that there's there's perhaps some sort of British Airways motive behind this move. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was mooted, definitely, mm. because, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to get into it too much because we yeah. don't have the time for a rant. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, basically what's happened is their plan to push Virgin out of Heathrow has failed. So they're mm. going to assault Virgin on their home turf in Manchester. But I mean, and, uh, it, it is I interesting. I really think that's what it's all about. It is interesting that they're going about this through... Um, um, Aer Lingus rather than sort of just doing British Airways because it does seem a bit odd that you've got an Irish airline operating out of um, the UK when its uh, sister airline is a UK airline operating. Yeah, uh, all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's just, um, you know, softly, softly. They, mm. they can't be seen to be monopolising Manchester with British Airways planes. So yeah. they'll send in the old green one and then people might not notice what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, you know, like a ninja. Yeah. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> but, I don't I mean, know. While we're Maybe talking just about... blindsided, but uh, yeah, carry on. Yeah, while we're talking about sort of um, European aviation inside the UK, I guess you wanted to go in a bit more detail about that and tell us what exactly is happening with flights on January 1st. <laughs> yeah, so so there's a bit of a problem um, coming out of Brexit. Um, you know, we're, we're still in big rows with Europe. And uh, I think it was last Friday, Mrs. Merkel, your, your dear Prime Minister, said, no, she wouldn't meet our Mr. Johnson anymore because she's had quite enough of him. And to be fair, I don't blame her. But mm. anyway, it's looking more and more likely by the day that we'll be crashing out of Europe with no deal on January the 1st. Um, but deal or no deal, IAG <laughs> could end up having a problem. Mm. <laughs> Uh, take the box, open the money. Let's open the. Let's open the money. I've never watched it, so um, <laughs> I haven't for many years, <laughs> so I'm a bit confused as well. But uh, anyway, under EU rules, airlines could potentially lose their operating licenses if they are not at least fifty percent owned by EU nationals. Mm. Um, so. 
the issue of for this with IAG is obviously it's a kind of it's a group that spans a lot of different borders and has a lot of different airlines in the group. You know, the Irish Air Lingus, British Airways, Iberia, and others. Um, you know, it, it operates on both the Spanish and and British stock exchanges. Mm. Um, and in an interview last week, Ryanair boss Michael O'Leary, we always love to hear from him because he's always so exciting and colourful when he speaks. But he said that this rule about the 50% ownership will make it impossible for IAG to continue to operate with British Airways as part of the group. So previously, while the UK was still part of Europe, I mean, as we still are in theory for another couple of weeks, um, IAG said that 39.5% of the company was owned by non-EU nationals. And we already know that. I think Qatar's got quite a big finger in the pie. There's other overseas investors. Um, British Airways being British is likely to have a fair proportion of British stakeholders, you know, shareholders, sorry. So, you know, once those people are considered to be non-EU, the idea is that this could push IAG as a group over the 50% maximum, which puts the whole group at risk of losing operating licenses and having to, you know, reapply for route rights and things like that, which would be an absolute nightmare. Um, and O'Leary, in his uh, tirade, <laughs> predicted a potential breakup of the group. Um, however, IAG has said it remains confident it can comply with the ownership rules post-Brexit. So, either way, we'll have to watch and see what happens with IAG and British Airways. Um, but the industry as a whole was thrown a bit of a lifeline by the EU last week um, when the Commission published a contingency plan to ensure air connectivity remains in the event of a no deal. So, January the first, whether or not there's been a deal made, there will still be flights taking off and landing without issue. Um, the problem is that the things that normally fall to EASA, such as air operator certificates and safety certifications, all of that has now got to be taken over by the UK's Civil Aviation Authority, I assume. Yeah. Um, but, but for I mean, now, it they've... always was that before, so they, they know how to do it. It's just a case Yeah, of... it's just been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> a bit rusty. We need to dust um, things off. <laughs> definitely. Um, but yeah, so they've been given six months grace period to get things sorted. So, you know, people that are booking holidays now for the spring, not mm. a problem. The flights will go ahead. Um, COVID pending, obviously. Um, but it's six months and six months isn't a long time in aviation to get all those I's dotted and T's crossed, really. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. And, you know, I, maybe we'll get a deal in the next 10 days. Who knows? Perhaps. <laughs> I kind of see there being another six months after the six months and then maybe another <laughs> six months after that. Yeah, a bit like the, uh, the whole ex-Brexit thing in the first place. Yeah. It was years ago we voted on this, you know, and uh, oh, I don't want to get into this whole political issue no. either, but they should definitely call another vote, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so on, on onwards and upwards from that, and Tom, I think you've got some news about the Queen of the Skies. It wouldn't I be have. a simple flying podcast if we didn't mention her. <laughs> well, I mean, as soon it will have to be because there's not many left. And um, that's exactly the case with British Airways. It now officially has no more Boeing 747s. Um, you know, it's not been operating them for many months now, but um, mm -hmm. it's had them just lying around, mainly in Cardiff. They were in Bournemouth for a bit. Um, and it was kind of sad um, earlier this week because we saw, um, I think it was on, fr on Friday, the final ever British Airways Boeing 747 flight um, that was with um, Gulf Bravo Yankee 
golf charlie i never say these things and now they're all in this <laughs> one podcast every story has a registration in it um <laughs> And this was their last 747. And I think it was kind of iconic that um, they did this because this was the 747 that was in the BOAC livery, which, as we all know, was the first ever livery on a British Airways 747. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, they've like closed the book where they opened it, so to say. Even, um, Very symbolic. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure whether this was intentional. I like to think it is, but um, it could just be a coincidence as well. Um <laughs> But what I thought was really nice as well is like all of these um, aircraft that have been retired, they've had um, random flight numbers like um, 92157 um, or whatnot. Um, <laughs> Something very catchy. <laughs> yeah. Um, this flight had a special flight number, BA747, um, which is probably the last time that will ever be used um, unless they make a 747 route, which is unlikely, I think. Um, <laughs> but you never know. You never um, know. But yeah, they flew this aircraft. It was a really short flight as well, um, because um, the flight took place from um, from Cardiff Airport to St. Affen, which I think, as the crow flies, is only about three or four miles. Um, yeah, <laughs> it could have walked, really, couldn't it? Yeah, Lazy you know, plane. <laughs> um, it, it's a shame that the runway's... It's kind of a shame that the runways don't line up because that would be a really crazy short <laughs> flight for the record books. But also it's it's kind of nice that they don't because it got a nice tour around the um, Bristol Channel um, before landing at St. Athens for the last time at 13.54 on the 11th of December, bringing the end of 50 years of history. Wow. And that one's being preserved, isn't it? Yeah. At St. So, Athens, so the thing I like is that everything, every livery, uh, so they did the four, the, the three retrojets of their major liveries, and then they have a load in their current livery. So um, they've saved at least one aircraft from every livery. So you've got Chatham Dockyard, Dockyard Land, Landor, Nagus, and now this uh, BOAC, they're all being saved for... That's really um, nice. It's nice because... Um, Historic. <laughs> it is. Well, you know, like they saved all of the Concords, and then when they said the 747s were initially going to be retired, they were very much like, yeah, they're just all going in the bin. I mean, obviously not in the bin because you can't fit a 747 in a bin but you know what I mean you know like they're just going to get scrapped bin. <laughs> scrapped retired um, torn apart made yeah. into key rings everyone's going to have a bit of British Airways Boeing 747 on their keys you know um, <laughs> but it's nice that so many have been retired yeah it is uh, re re and, uh, um, not retired preserved um, preserved yeah. yeah all of them have been retired that's not nice <laughs> for some. no it's nice that some are being kept for the yeah. long haul because uh, you know it's something we can take our kids to and mm. show them an airplane that they probably will never fly on again mm. so yeah I mean cool I don't stuff. think I'll fly on one who knows maybe I'll get on one of Lufthansa's Dash you might be lucky um, yeah yeah Okay, so really to wrap up today, we couldn't quite decide on five stories, so we've gone for six. Yeah. <laughs> but this is only a brief one, and literally brief, because <laughs> mm. it's all about nappies. <laughs> uh, nappies, diapers, briefs, it's kind of a, mm. yeah, tenuous Depending on where you're there. from, this joke may or may not make sense to you. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't, just laugh anyway, there's yeah. good listeners. So, um, 
cabin crew, as we know, have had to adapt to a very new normal during mm, COVID. A very so new normal. This goes from wearing masks to sometimes full PPE all the way up and down their body. There's also different ways of boarding passengers, different ways of serving food and beverage. You know, it's been a lot to, to take in. Mm. But I think really China's aviation authorities have taken the cake with their new recommendation, suggesting cabin crew should wear disposable nappies. Um, they're diapers for you guys in the US. Um, and this is to avoid using the bathrooms. <laughs> Thankfully, it's not on all flights, just those from high-risk areas where they're doing kind of charter flights or repatriations or whatever. Um, you know, and on top of this, they've also got extensive PPE requirements. So, double-layer gloves, goggles, surgical masks. They've got caps for their hair. They've got shoe covers. And, of course, a nappy so they don't have to visit the toilet. I mean, how great do they feel about their career choice at that very moment? <laughs> well, I mean, I think it is just... Just a recommendation and not um, not a um, firm thing. But I did I did really like this comment from um, from one person just saying, "Just imagine a cabin crew member serving you drinks or dinner with a dirty diaper." I mean, it really sums it up, doesn't it? You know, like, oh man, it's just I, I don't think ridiculous. the cabin crew are going to want to work in their own filth and. <laughs> like I mean, you can you can smell when a, a, a baby has a really dirty nappy. I mean, oh yes, like. Is that not going to be the same for the cabin crew? They're just going to be walking up and down with this waft? <laughs> I dread to think, Tom. Thank God I'm not flying to China yeah. anytime soon. Um, I mean, I understand they don't want to bring in any inf infection, but, mm. you know, it, it's a bit extreme. And, I mean, you know, my did... question, as always, is what message is this sending passengers? You know, on yeah. the one hand, we're saying it's safe to fly. On the other, we've got ladies in nappies because they're too scared to use the bathroom. I mean, what on earth? <laughs> uh, somebody did suggest that they should just block off um, a toilet for the crew. Um, which I think would be a great idea. Um, that sounds a lot more sensible. Yeah. I think you should go and work for the Chinese CAC. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what they're called, actually. <laughs> Sorry, CAC is slang for a doo-doo here in the UK. So. <laughs> <laughs> and what's doo-doo? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we need yeah. to call it a day there. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And as usual, welcome your feedback at podcasts at simpleflying.com. For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a rating on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.